0: live from the nova home loan studios it's cofield and company
1: all right here we go on a tuesday nova home loan studios is the spot angels helping us out back in our family toyota studios it's ari it's cofield and company is adam hill is in as the company two o'clock start we start at two o'clock on days we get out of the way for Play-by-play and big games. So today's big game, game six of the NBA Finals. We'll find out if Adam Hill, he's the company, believes that there will be a game seven. That is coming up in about 15 minutes. We got a ton of stuff going on, breaking news, interesting news and notes from around the world of sports. Uh, We start out with a real quick note here, uh, more college basketball officially announced at the Fortress. As that slate is filling up pretty good, Uh, they made it official that December 18th you'll have the uh, CBS Sports Classic again. You're going to have UCLA, North Carolina, Kentucky, Ohio State.
2: I think the slate of games at T-Mobile might be better than the NCAA tournament.
1: Uh, In some regionals. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. Maybe not as much on the line in November and December, but that'll be December 18th. You know, November 19th to the 21st at T-Mobile, it's UNLV against Michigan, your Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Wichita, Arizona, and then they match up after that, depending on winners and losers. Uh, Gonzaga Duke, I think, is mostly sold out, but there are still some tickets available. Uh, that's going to be on November 26th, and uh, tickets start at 39 and go up to 800. How about that for college basketball? Top level tickets for that game are 800, 500,
2: 300, 170. I feel like they could. I don't done mean that. top
1: level of the arena. I mean best
2: best sure, seats. Sure. I feel like they could have done that
1: at a Legion if they wanted to. Seems a little big. Why not charge high prices and squeeze in nineteen thousand for Gonzaga sure. and Duke as the Zags go out and whip Duke by fifteen or more? Plus,
2: well, so it might be too hot at least. <laughs> at least
1: yeah, we don't hard. know about the cooling ability right now. So I, mean, I guess I'm glad it's at T-Mobile a little more intimate. It's in, but it's, it's in November. If it can't cool yeah. it, then then we got big problems. I mean, it's warm. Well, it's not going to be 117 on November 26th.
2: Global warming—you never know.
1: Uh, and December nineteenth, tentatively, we saw this announced last week, but I, I don't see it on the T-Mobile schedule on the website. Uh, Texas and Stanford, Texas and Stanford, not Sanford. Stanford. So uh, Stanford? Chris Chris Beard comes back to Vegas, so you can go out and boo sure. him now that he's at Texas. He
2: quit, quit on Texas Tech like he quit on UNLV. I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome. I don't I don't think quitting on Texas Tech was the same as on UNLV. No, he, he brought them some brought them some good prestige. But there, there were there
1: were still Texas Tech fans who were pissed off, like.
2: He gave you multiple years.
1: Right. You guys were nobody before he was there. Give you a few weeks. Weeks? Not yeah. even. I, don't, I feel like it wasn't even the two weeks. It was like three weeks. Uh, crushing news for the Rams, we think. National Football League, we're getting ready to roll out training camps, and uh, their running back, Cam Akers, is down for the season. L.A. loses Cam Akers to a shredded Achilles. And first word from the boy genius, Sean McVay, is that they're not going to look to sign a running back. That's hooey. We'll see. (laughs) That's Huey. So we'll see if he goes with, there's always guys available. Like, there's always this panic. Like, who are they going to get? There's always guys available on the young end who are trying to work their way into the league. And we had some amazing stories emerge last year. And then there's the old guys, too, who could be available. So they're going to have to bring someone in.
2: Well, this is like the uh, Richard Sherman. We know what happened with him. But this is the Richard Sherman philosophy of. Don't sign if you don't sign right away. If you don't get a contract that you want right away, you wait till the season. Wait till somebody gets hurt. Wait till the team is in desperate need, and then they'll sign you. That's what Richard Sherman was doing. Now it, it's turned out he had his own issues to deal with, but that I mean that's what you do. There's still some veteran free agent players out there that are waiting for a home, and I'm sure uh, once they get to training camp and see where their situation is, they'll figure that out. I I think maybe I jinxed it. I don't know. It might be my fault. I listen to like there's a there's a, a bunch of podcasts that are like kind of shorter podcasts that are player breakdowns. I listened to an entire podcast that was a Cam Akers breakdown last night. Oh wow, bad timing! And I feel like he, it, the injury had already happened, mm. but obviously nobody knew that yet. The news wasn't out there. What a waste of my time that was. That's the important part
1: here, not his injury. Right. Uh, we hope he comes back. He's a young guy. Hopefully, a hundred percent, you know, uh, recovery, and he's back next year. Uh, former, what was he? Second round pick.
2: Third round pick, whatever he was. Second, that, that's the At, bad. bad one. Out the, of Florida the State Achilles is the bad one. Yeah, it's that's rough. as bad as it
1: gets. Uh, guys like Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, still out there. Uh, Raiders didn't sign Melvin Ingram. What no. the frig? Steelers get him. That feels like the kind of move that the Steelers win on big time.
2: Sure. Yeah, a, a, a player. First of all, they already had a pretty good defense, pretty good pass rush. He adds to that, gives them depth, another explosive player. Uh, off the edge Uh, and not only do the Raiders not get him because I think there was a lot of people that were hoping that was going to happen the Raiders did a lot with their pass rush this year in terms of trying to add to it so um, not that he couldn't have helped but you know it's not like they were in desperate need like they have been in the past but now they have to also see him in week two
1: good point did you see terms of the deal
2: Uh, I did not I'm wondering if it's out there yet yeah, I didn't see anything. I just saw that they signed him, and uh, yeah, again, it's it's a player that I think I know. I know a lot of Raiders fans were excited about, but the Raiders, you know, they did their kind of investment a little bit. Not only, of course, the 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 obvious one and Unique and Gakway, who was the big pass rusher that they went out and got uh, this off season. Which, by yeah. the way, we talked yesterday about the offensive line breakdown um, of what Mac was talking about with the with rebuilding the offensive line and. A uh, key part of when he's talking about what they did with their offensive line is, hey, the moves we made on the offensive line are what enabled us to get Yanni Gakwe and get that pass rush bolstered. But it also just him, Quentin Jefferson's guy, gets the quarterback as well uh, from the interior. Um, they, they added some pieces on the on the pass rush. So uh, it was not a desperate need for the Raiders, but I think they still could have used him, and they still probably wanted him if the price was right. They just didn't get to the where they wanted to be. Hmm.
1: Uh, looking at the salary. Four million. I was going to guess eight. If you're a Raiders fan, are you mad that you have Carl Nassib and not Melvin Ingram? Um,
2: I mean, I think just as a pure player, sure, you want it. But, I mean, that wasn't – it's not like that was a decision that you made. It was a decision made multiple years ago. It's not like you just made it this off season and knew that Ingram was out there and – made that mistake um, and Carl was a serviceable solid player as well to make eight seven, they him seven, five. big deal okay. yeah they paid him too much but it wasn't this offseason okay. that's what I'm saying it's not like it's not like they had a decision to make between massive or Ingram and they overpaid NASA you know not knowing that they could have got Ingram it's it's that he's already been in the mix he's already been around uh, they signed him to what I thought was a bad deal at the time um, but you know, you can't. You can point back and say, "Well, if you didn't, if you hadn't done that, you could have done this." But at the time, they were trying to do anything they can to add to the pass rush and to find somebody that gives to the quarterback. They thought he was going to be that guy.
0: It's trending at two, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at eight seven 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 hundred Nova.
1: Yeah, we have to get to the sounder when we get to it. I get excited. I jump right into the show. Sure. Uh, Aaron Rodgers news out. Also trending at two. Uh, this to me means nothing except that it means something. I'll explain later why it okay. means something. But right now, on the front end, I think it means nothing. Adam Schefter says, this offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers the two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. Rodgers declined the offer. Proof! It's not all about the money. Well, one, I think you're an idiot if you don't if you didn't already know that. It's not about right. the money. Uh, maybe part of it is. Two, this means nothing because they could have – They could have made him the highest-paid player in football with a $10 million guaranteed bonus.
2: He was already close, you're saying? No, what
1: I'm saying is, like, how much is the guaranteed money? Oh, sure. Without the details of the contract, it means nothing. Sure. Uh, He turned it down. Well, was the bonus – did the bonus suck? That's the guaranteed money.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, we never know what the guaranteed parts of these deals are. I would imagine the first two years, or the next two years at least, were guaranteed to be the highest-paid player at a guaranteed rate. Uh, but again, your first point is what it is, is that this whole off season, there has been a large percentage of people that talk about the situation that are like, well, oh, they'll just pay him. That's fine. They'll pay him. It'll be fine. It's, it's, it's never been about that. He's already, you know, in the top five highest paid players. It's not like, it's not like it was, he needed to go to one and that was what it was going to keep him there. It was, it was never to me about money. I don't think it, he, he ever gave any indication it was about money. Money is usually what people look at and say, well, that's what respect is or anything like that. But no, he. He was more upset at the organization, not for not paying him, but for other things that were going on. Mm-hmm. He's mad at the GM. Yeah,
1: and I'll tell you why. It, people, I just, people. I just said it doesn't matter. Then the contract nonsense doesn't matter. But I'll tell you in the four o'clock hour uh, why it does matter a lot, a yep. lot. The uh, Oakland City Council voted. We're screwed. They voted in favor of the term sheet six. One and one. One vote against. One abstention. We're screwed. Or wait. Dave Cavill, the president of the A, said... A yes vote is not a path forward. Now, we explained this yesterday. I I can only play stupid for so long. (laughs) Do you want to explain to the audience what exactly happened today? Which term sheet did they vote on? own. So... The A's and Oakland talked for months about a term sheet that the A's had put forward. Then, just a couple of days ago, Oakland puts out its own term sheet, and they go, "We're going to vote on this."
2: What?
3: Well, so the A's today's the yes, thing.
2: today's yes was actually a no. The A's did the same thing, though. So the A's and the city talked. And they came to some negotiations, and the A's are like, all right, here's our term sheet. And it wasn't what they negotiated. It was what the A's decided was their own term sheet. And the city said, after our negotiations, that's your term sheet. Here's our term sheet that we're proposing, and we're going to vote to pass it and say yes. So now they're at a crossroads of, okay, you voted yes to this term sheet. Do the A's want to come to the table and say, all right, we're going to agree to that term sheet now? Probably not. Or do they want to come to the table and negotiate from that term sheet and say, I mean, it would be easy right now to say, hey, "Here's yours, here's ours. Let's meet in the middle," but it doesn't seem like there's any appetite to do that either. So this yes really meant nothing, except that the A's it, at least I think it means the city of Oakland is open to some sort of deal there, and some sort of you know proposal and project that so can the, get built. The yes was a yes, or the yes was a no. The yes
1: is a yes for Oakland. The yes was a yes, but according to the A's, the yes was a no. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yes. Don't do Aaron Rodgers
2: here and just start saying yes. There's people. The yes. it's The yes it's, and Aaron the no Rogers. and the yes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it at least means, okay, the city of Oakland is amenable to some sort of project at that location uh-huh. to starting to get something going. Now, who's going to pay for it, and how much, and, and over what period of time, and how those districts are? Because the A's want basically a tax district, not only where the stadium's going, but also in the ma- the ma- the major tourist area of Oakland as well. Like that they want both tax districts for themselves. Um that seems like it's not going to happen. But right. at some point at least the city is like, okay, we are open to doing a deal and a project. Will the Ace come to the table and negotiate that? I mean, I these imagine what they're going to do is come to Las Vegas and say, "All right, what kind of how much money are you going to give us?" <laughs> These numbers are mind-boggling because this overall
1: project—I, I, I don't even—I still don't think this is accurate. Is a twelve billion dollar project, twelve billion dollar project. Yeah. The eighth part of it's a billion. Cavill, uh, the president says they're like they're they have to work out infrastructure issues. Those are like eight hundred eighty-five million dollars. He says they're apart by three hundred fifty-two million dollars. Your head just starts spinning. You are like, okay, how are they going to come together on this? Then, and I guess it doesn't matter. It was six one one in favor of. Uh, then you got this Oakland City Councilman Noel Gallo, who's like all salty towards us, like, "Bruh, we're not even sold on this." <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? He's taking shots at Vegas. Uh, he he said during the uh, the meeting, the hearing today, he goes, "You say you're looking for a waterfront ballpark in Las Vegas? There ain't no waterfront." <laughs> yeah, we're aware, Councilman he, Gallo. Up is, yours. Is he better than the Bellagio? That's a good point. Waterfront. What is, What is this angst towards us? We're not even sold on the frigging thing. Well, I think
2: it's more about the Raiders. Well, then say it. Then say it. Don't come at us. True. But I mean, you, ha- you have to under- you also probably, under- I mean, you have to understand like that's to them. They're like, okay, first of all, we're trying to get a stadium deal done with the Raiders in Las Vegas. Like, nope, we'll take them. And now you're trying to get a deal done with the A's in Las Vegas. Like, nope, we'll take them. Although we didn't. The A's are trying to pretend like we're all gung ho in for this. Again, people need to keep in mind about this. I know that there's people excited about the A's potentially coming here. Like they have not even started to talk about the money yet. How much money do they want to come here? It's not zero. Well, I,
1: there's a perception outside of Vegas that you know we just we want pro sports so badly that it's 100% agreement on the ground here. We did. do whatever do whatever it takes. But I'll just tell Gallo, if you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> OK, okay. Settle, settle you want to mess with us? <laughs> then we're ready to mess. OK, but like I said, are we re- Are we're we we're not? Yeah, we're not even in like, feet first. Like well, a lot of people here are like, how is this going to work? Where's the money coming from? We're going to play baseball here. We're we doing that? major went league wild? baseball with 40,000 people in the stands when it's 117 degrees with no roof. Yeah.
2: The, the, what about that part? No waterfront. We're building a stadium that went wild. Let's go.
1: There's definitely no water there now. <laughs>
2: There was uh, that bubble
1: up. Wait, there's water you, everywhere. Did you change your mind overnight about the whole grocery store snafu and the retractable roof arena that I was saying yesterday, if we're building another stadium and arena, then build the baseball stadium there.
2: I went and drove down there last night, drove around a little bit. Out? And I was like, man, back, yeah, back at the back of that property. It'd be great to have a grocery store. i are so fixated on the grocery store. <laughs> awesome. And then and, if, and then and we, we it- started talking about a Wawa potentially going in. And we're like, all right, now, I I want that. How big does the property look to you? It's pretty big. Yeah, there's there's definitely room there. Uh huh. I mean, I, I don't know why again. We need an arena,
1: all net arena. Jackie Robinson, the former UNLV player, says shovels go back in the ground again in October. We're moving forward. Four billion dollar project, twenty five hundred hotel rooms, four hundred thousand uh, square feet of whatever convention and retail space, and a three thousand seat theater, along with a twenty thousand seat arena, grocery store, and the grocery store that Adam got very <laughs> excited on. It's very important. Yes. All right, more updates on some of the comments today. So a yes was a yes or a yes was a no. We're not really sure where this is right now. Uh, Unless the A's just, you know, pull out now. This is still ongoing, so no answer anytime soon. We got the finals going down tonight. Game six could be all over. Could end tonight. Bucks lead it. They've won the last three games. The Suns seem like they're uh, pretty vulnerable. Are they? Uh, And... We'll have to get into one of the, sadly, this goes back to uh, Don David Sternio's days with Scott Foster. Sadly, the referee, one of them in the game, has become a big story.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 2. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company.
1: I got to tell you, I hope the NBA never has to move back their finals again. I I say this all the time about baseball. You know this. They come September, like, done so. I don't know. I don't know where you carve out space. Once college football and the NFL are back, I don't know where you carve out space for Major League Baseball in its most important time of the year. And the NBA and NHL, I think, also get swallowed up by football. Like, already today, we've got a couple of things going down. We're going to get to the finals here in a second. We're going to talk to Tim Brown, football, former Raiders receiver, about what's going on with the Raiders and Mark Bidane and also the big softball game for uh, charity this weekend at LV Ballpark, Team Riley Smith against Team Marcus Allen. A couple of things just came down. One, I guess Deion Sanders stormed out of Swack media day because someone called him Dion. <laughs> okay. And he said, "No one calls Nick Saban Nick." And there's all this media that's like, "We all do."
2: I did. It's funny. I just saw um, Ed Grady's tweet from the morning show. I, I didn't know what it was about, but I just saw his tweet. He said the same thing. He said, "I don't remember a coach that I've dealt with that I didn't call by their first name." Right. And I was thinking the same thing. Meanwhile, Nick Saban uh, dropped a bomb.
1: I think Alabama's official access is tomorrow. Talking about Bryce Young, who hasn't played yet, kid from modern day, Southern California, their new quarterback. He said, talking about NIL, he goes, our quarterback has approached ungodly numbers and he hasn't even played yet. Oh, he said this at the Texas High School Coaches Association Convention. Ooh, Nice note to drop Sure. when you're sending coaches back to talk to players. By the way, high Uh,
2: school coaches, tell
1: your players, eh. my quarterback's making a million dollars already. Our quarterback has approached ungodly numbers. Hasn't played, uh, hasn't even played yet. If I told you what it is, Adam, to spoil it, uh, it's almost seven figures. Uh, he hasn't played yet, which is really interesting because what if he's not good? Sure, I, I, the, co- I think one of the biggest storylines in college football is, and I said it after the season last year, and I was willing to bet people, hey, you take the six teams that you want to name, and like, that's all that can make the final four. The same every year. I'll take the rest of college football. You do realize that three of the top programs in college football all have a new quarterback. Now, Clemson has Alele, Uyungle, uh, who we think is going to be really good. Not guaranteed. Yeah, It's not guaranteed. Ohio State has a new quarterback. They don't even know who the quarterback is yet. And Alabama has a new quarterback, and everyone's like, it's over. Like, no, nothing's guaranteed. I'm not saying Bryce Young is going to suck, but sure. if that is interesting that he could be banking. You know, he signed with CAA, big agency, that he could be banking. All oh, this money hasn't played yet. Well, It might,
2: might not be good. And I feel like Saban has been fine. He's, he's been good about this. He's been a proponent and kind of on the kid's side and a lot of this, and he's talking about it here. But I don't like ungodly. Uh, I don't like that. And also, it's kind of
1: none of his business. I mean, it is his business, but it's really none of his business. They're not really supposed to be involved in what's going on with the money.
2: Well, he just have the knowledge of it and to be able to spread I mean, that around.
1: The school does have to kind of work with it I don't know what's going to happen when there's, you know, a pitch is made to a rival company of someone who already sponsors a school. That's not going to go over at most schools.
2: It's gonna, that, there's going to be a lot of different, you know, right now it's, it's, it's definitely fun and interesting and new and all those great things. But, yeah, there's going to be issues that arise for sure that have to be dealt with. Why would Adam Silver, back to the NBA,
1: why would Adam Silver put Scott Foster on the game, referee who's tied to uh, Donaghy, and maybe the illegal gambling that was going on to make sure that the Bucks win. Really, he doesn't want a game seven. Well, you think? I mean, I would. don't believe in any of these conspiracy theories, but I'll tell you this: if a guy has issues going back to you know dozens and dozens and dozens of calls with Donaghy, he kept his job. So, I mean, I guess you have to use him, and he is a highly rated official. But his numbers with Chris Paul are ridiculous. So, Insane. Chris Paul, Chris Paul has lost eleven. Check that. Twelve straight games officiated by Scott Foster. Uh, CP3's teams were favored in eight of those twelve games, and Chris Paul knows about it. And at the time, he was saying, "Hey, you know, it's eleven in a row. It's now twelve in a row with Scott Foster officiating."
2: Yeah, and I saw. I know. I think the last eleven, they're one in ten ATS. <laughs> so, so it's that's not not a good mark uh, for sure. As you said, they've been favored in a lot of those. Um, and, and I just, I mean, I mean, I get. Assigning who you think are the best officials and just saying, "Hey, this is how we're going to do it." That's that's something the Nevada Athletic Commission, you know, to to cross over has talked about. Of like, "Hey, we're assigning the best officials. We're we're not going to we don't take into account like how you've done with them or whatever." But I do think once once something goes public, and not that you know athletes or fighters or whoever should be able to determine exactly who's refing their fight or calling their fight or or in saving basketball of calling the game. Like you shouldn't get to pick and choose who does call it. But if there is a specific issue with a specific official and you talk about it openly, first of all, once it's out there, once you've talked about it, it's already in the official's mind. So either he's going to go out and give you the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't want to be looked at as you know as going against you, or he's going to take a, hold the a grudge and take it out against you. Like it's impossible to stay completely neutral, and even if you are able to do it. You know that the spotlight's already going to be on you, and people are going to be talking about it no matter what. Like, I just feel like once something's public like this, they should not be on the game anymore. Uh, Chris Paul has to push it, right? Spotlight's on Foster. Sure. Push it.
1: Just keep going to the rim and just make him call fouls? And complain incessantly. Well, he's going to do
2: that no matter what. I know he will. <laughs> but, I mean, really amp it up tonight. The spotlight's on him. Just go and, – and not just to complain to the officials – complain directly to Scott Foster every single time. And
1: very sad that that is one of the big angles going into Game 6 of the NBA Finals, but the NBA is doing it to itself.
0: Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should, too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. Hey, 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 hey. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio
1: all right we got the big
0: softball game coming
1: up on saturday over at LV ballpark it's the battle for vegas it's presented by dollar loan center riley smith is the host he's got a team marcus allen has a team let's get into the game a little bit with the uh, hall of famer former heisman winner and uh, all-time great raiders wide receiver tim brown is up with cofield and company how are you sir
3: Hey, I'm good. How are you guys?
1: We're good. We're real good.
3: It's good, good.
1: Good, good, good. Good. Are you ready to play softball?
3: Uh, absolutely not. I'm. 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 <laughs> I'm ready to <laughs> be there and, uh, and coach. <laughs> there you go. There uh, you go. But uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll make it happen though. We'll we'll get out there and do something. That's for sure. All
1: right. What are you going to coach? What what sort of softball baseball knowledge do you have?
3: Oh man, you know. Softball was my thing growing up. That's what we did in the hood. We played softball. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, of course, I stopped when I was 12. But yeah. um, <laughs> other than that, man. <laughs> no, you I'm looking a... forward to it, man. It should be a lot of fun, you know, uh, going up against those guys who, who uh, you know, skate for living. So it should <laughs> be a fun time, though.
2: Do you have a scouting report? Do you know of anybody that has some skill that is good or even better? Anybody that's terrible that you just want to keep off the field?
3: Uh, On our team, no, man. Look, I mean, look, I mean, you got, you know, David Arnett, you got Darren Wallace, you got these guys, man, who are incredible athletes, man. I'm going to tell the boys to bunt. Just bunt and run everything out. (laughs) Smart. Oh, boy.
1: so the event goes down on Saturday. There's a the home run derby at 6.30, opening pitches at 7.30. Uh, Tim Brown is with us. Uh, it's Captain Marcus Allen, also Alec Ingold, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, uh, John Abram, Max Crosby, Henry Ruggs, and as you mentioned, uh, Damon Arnett, Foster Moreau, Willie Sneed. So uh, all the Raiders are going to be out there in this game. Let's talk a little football, and really the most important thing to talk about right now um, could be a leadership void for a little bit here. They've got an interim, but were you shocked yesterday, Mark Bedane? Is stepping aside, and Mark has been a massive part of this organization.
3: Well, massive, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, Mark came in my I thought, third year with the Raiders, maybe his fourth year in 91. And, um, you know, since that point, he has been a mainstay in the, in, in the Raiders front office. So uh, I was shocked. You know, I was shocked to the point that I had to text him and go, man, you okay? Everything's good? And, you know, once he said everything was good, then I, hey, okay, good luck on your next uh, – the next gig or whatever's going on, let's you know move on. So, uh, but uh, but Mark was will certainly be missed without a doubt. He's uh, uh, he's a great Raider, right? And um, yeah. you know, and uh, in the front office, and I think it's going to be it's going to be hard to replace him. But I know Dan Dan's a Notre Dame guy, so he can't be all bad, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, I think he'll step in and do a pretty good job.
2: I know some people don't like this part of what Mark Bedane did, but I mean the the move to Las Vegas, getting a Legion Stadium, getting a you know a capital of Raider Nation, and everything that he did, like none of those things happen without a lot of what Mark Brendan did, right? I mean that that's got to be his lasting legacy with this team.
3: Yeah, you know, and look, I, I I can remember you know sitting up in the suite with him before games in in sixteen and seventeen, and him almost in tears about you know what was going to happen, you know, because did not want to leave? I absolutely did not want to leave Oakland. Felt like Oakland was the home for the Raiders, but at the same time, it didn't seem like that was being reciprocated. So, from that standpoint, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you, um, uh, how do you, you know, uh, justify what you're doing in the state? I cannot believe I hadn't been back there in four or five years, and you know, to walk down the, the to the field from the from the locker room. I mean, they still had the same tattered sheet up that that was used to block the the uh, locker room of the A's. And uh, you know it was all falling down. It's like I can't, I just cannot believe that this is a professional football team having to deal with this situation. But so I, I think for the betterment of the team, man, they had to do something. And thankfully, Vegas was there to accept them. And I just think it's going to be an incredible relationship for years to come.
1: Uh, there's a big game, battle for Vegas. Tim Brown is involved in the game. This is on Saturday at LV Ballpark. ticketmaster.com where you can get the tickets. It's all for charity. It's forty bucks. Uh, the, uh, is the beginning ticket price, but get up there to ticketmaster.com, uh, building on, uh, the, the Oakland part of this, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on with the A's. They had a vote today with the Oakland city council. They agreed to move forward. What would you tell the powers that be in Oakland about pro sports? Shouldn't they want to keep the A's? Are they going to make this mistake again and not step up and, you know, put something together for the A's to stay?
3: You know, I, you would think so, man, but uh, I, I can remember having a, a, a brief conversation. I was at an event years ago. Uh, I think her name Mayor Mayor Libby, I think her name is, yeah. uh, was at the time anyway. And um, I can remember, you know, almost pulling her aside and, and just having a little conversation about, hey, are we going to get this done? And she just, you know, hey, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, don't worry about it, you know. Um, you know, we're just arguing over the over, over acreage right now. All the great details are done. And Then I go back to the Raiders. The Raiders are like, it's not true. Absolutely nothing she told you was true. So I, I was shocked by that, you know, because, I mean, she could have brushed me off and not gave me those kind of details. But for her to give me those kind of details, I was really, you know, set aside by that. So so I, I won't be shocked. Man, look, they, they allowed, you know, the Golden State Warriors to leave when they were winning championships. You know, I mean, how how do you, how does that happen? So, I don't know. I, I hear they have plans for that area and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if all that's true, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if um, if the age would be the biggest age, you know, in a year or so.
2: Well, could, could you imagine the city of Oakland with no pro sports?
3: Uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to imagine that, man, you know, because <laughs> I think it's headed that way. It, it's unfortunate. Those are the, some of the best fans in the world. And, um, you know, through thick and thin, man, through losses and disappointments, you know, they, they would be in the stadium bright and early every Sunday morning that you're playing at home, uh, supporting you, man. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing that you're, you're an athlete, uh, playing in front of those guys because you know they got your back no matter what. And, uh, for those fans not to have, a pro, a pro sports game is, is really, you know, one of the saddest things ever.
1: Tim Brown is with us. We're talking some NFL. We're getting ready for the big softball game this weekend. You can get tickets for the LV Paul Park uh, matchup of Team Riley Smith against Team Marcus Allen. Again, that's on Saturday at Ticketmaster.com. You know, the big Raider story in the offseason was the reorganization of the offensive line. Did you have a year or years in your career where uh, there was this much of a shift in the offensive line? This is kind of unheard of that you're you know, basically swapping out three-fifths of the line.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I don't remember exactly, but it seems like Gruden's first year, too, uh, we, we basically did that. I mean, we went from I, I don't think the, the starting five in 97, I don't think we had anybody besides Lucy, that was starting, you know, uh, in 99, you know, after Gruden's second year, you know, so um, you know, look, I mean, a, a guy has different ways of doing things that people may not agree with, but, you know, I am a witness that if, if guys will do what they're supposed to do and be where they're supposed to be on the football field and make the plays they're supposed to make, uh, it'll work great for you, man. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I think when I see what I, you know, what I know, because I've been there, done that in that offense, it just seems like there's a little uncertainty in, in certain situations. And, but that it was the same thing with us. That's why we went A to A the first two years where we didn't get it. We didn't understand and we were a veteran football team. We had, you know, multiple guys, you know, playing in their early thirties and, 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 and mid thirties at that particular time. And uh but it took us years to, to get it. So maybe it's taking these guys a little longer. But once they get it, I'm telling you, this offense is gonna be dynamized and that's gonna help the defense do what they do. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, sp- speaking of the offense, the the Raiders drafted a couple receivers last year, in particular, Henry Ruggs, in the first round. What were your thoughts on him as a rookie? And um, I-, I think one of the things people missed is how much of an impact he had on the offense, even when he wasn't catching the ball, just using his speed to clear things out. Um, so, how much can he continue to improve and how much can he develop in one season?
3: Well, look, I-, I can tell you this. You know, last year they didn't have a chance to do mini camps or training camps or, you know, so in that offense, man, it was really unfair. Um, to even put him on the field at times because hmm. there is so much to it that you have to be so in tune to a lot of things and not have an opportunity to, to really practice it and even go over it in the um, um, in the meeting rooms except during the season. It's really unfair. And uh, so I, I think this year, man, you're going to see a, a even more explosive guy because he's going to be sure about what he's doing, and now he doesn't have to think about it and, and, um, and wonder if he's doing the right thing. And, uh, I just I just think think this is going to be a dynamic year for him and um yeah I mean his ability to stretch the field um you know you know I had a guy back in the day james Jett, that when he took off you know he was he was he was unbelievable you know and and people had to go with him because you never know but well, this guy is just as fast and faster than Jett, and jet and and he's a, has a, the body to be able to go over the middle and catch fast and so um, that's a dynamic threat, man, that I, I believe
1: that um, will get unleashed this year. Tim Brown is with us. i got to bring up a thorny issue, and it goes back to uh, we were talking about last year and you know all the protocols and dealing with COVID and all that. I don't know if you saw Michael Irvin going off on the Cowboys saying, uh, hey, the unvaccinated guys on the Cowboys, they don't care enough about winning. This is a tough one, but what do you think? This is a team environment, and if you want to work to optimal level, you need as many vaccinated players as possible.
3: Yeah, Michael and I were together on Saturday, and he was telling me we were talking about that. And, um, of course, I didn't know he was about to go <laughs> right to the <US, laughs> to tell the world. But, uh, no, I mean, it's tough, man. You know, look, us, us old heads, man, you know, we look at this thing so differently than maybe these younger guys do. Of course, we never had something like this we had to de- uh, deal with back in the day. But at the same time, you would think that everybody would get together and get on the same page so you can go and try and accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And and uh, when you don't have, you know, guys fully vaccinated, you know, to Michael's point, now there's not many times I can say to Michael Irvin's point, but this is one time I will say to Michael's point, you know, if you have a key player to go down in the middle of the season and you're playing, you know, your your rival or whatever, those games are gone, man, and you can't get them back. And um, so I just think from that standpoint, it's, it, you hope and pray that that doesn't happen during the season, but you know it will. At some point, it's going to raise his ugly head, and yep. uh, you just hope it doesn't affect the game
1: too much. So I got to get your opinion before we get you out of here. And We're talking to Tim Brown, uh, all-time Raiders great, Hall of Famer, Heisman winner. I got to get your opinion on name, image, likeness, because uh, Nick Saban just came out, and he didn't give the exact number, but he said his quarterback, his brand-new quarterback, this kid Bryce Young, is due to make, you know, he said near seven figures. I mean, you won the Heisman. You were a big deal in college. I just want your general opinion on, you know, what's going on here. Is it going to ruin college football? Is it great for the kids? What do you think?
3: Well, I mean, I don't know if it's going to ruin college football, but obviously it's going to be college football. You know, I, I think the problem you're going to have, I think you're going to have kids who are going to be who are going to be offered a gig at 12 o'clock, and they're going to have to make a decision between going to class or going to make this money. And, um, you know, I think you're going to have kids where they get a 1099, you know, they're going to say, what is this? And they're going to have to pay taxes on money that they, yeah, they don't spend. Yeah. You know, do do now do you allow these guys to have agents? Or what what are you doing now? I mean, so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, maybe it could have been done better, man. I, I'm happy for the guys. You know, look, me and, me and a buddy, a uh, Notre Dame buddy was talking today. Man, can you imagine if we had $500 a week in South Bend, Indiana, the life we could have led, You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. But at the same time, man, Boy, I tell you what, these guys don't really have to mature and be ready for some grown people decisions, man, because um, they're, they're right ahead of them at this particular point.
1: Well, we appreciate a couple minutes from you and uh, hope you have a lot of fun uh, this weekend around the softball game, and thank you so much.
3: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys.
1: There he is, the Hall of Famer, all-time Raider great, Tim Brown. Yeah, Battle for Vegas. It's presented by uh, Dollar Loan Center. It's Team Riley Smith against Team Marcus Allen. Again, it's at LV Ballpark. On the uh, VGK side, uh, you're going to have guys like Mark Stone and Ryan Reeves and Brayden McNabb, Nick Hague, Keaton Kolasar, Max Pacioretty. I skipped the name because it was still in there. Cody, nope. Well, maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he will. Uh, it is for charity. Uh, former VGK player, Eric Howler? You Former VGK player, Nate Schmidt? Wow. Greg Maddox? Well, that, How'd they get that ringer on the uh, – on the VTK side. And then uh, Marcus Allen, along with uh, John Abram, Max Crosby, Ruggs, Sneed, Moreau, Arnett, Jacobs, Ingold, and uh, Tim Brown as well. Though Tim didn't really sound like he was going to play, did
2: he? Didn't sound like it. was. He's, like, he's, be- he's the bench coach? Nick Haig, got to play first base, right? You got that big target? Okay. They're all kind of big, aren't they? He's, he's extremely
1: tall. 6.30 home run derby, 7.30 first pitch, fireworks show. Depending on the end of the game, it could be you know 50 to 48. fireworks show goes down at nine o'clock. It's all to benefit the VGK Foundation. Proceeds benefiting a grant to gift Autism Foundation uh, Ackerman Center. This is really cool. Uh, the first event in 2019 raised over 136 thousand dollars for a local nonprofits. So I'd like to see it go beyond that again for your tickets, Ticketmaster.com. Tickets begin at 40 bucks. Tim Brown will be part of it, Riley Smith, Marcus Allen, all these Golden Knights and Raiders really cool at LV Ballpark in downtown Summerlin. Again, it's on Saturday at 7.30. Uh, the event really starts at 6.30.
0: It's the Battle for Vegas. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. Now back to Cofield and Company. Hey, you got residency here? So. <laughs> you got it's residency here? here. <laughs> yes, sir.
3: Tom Brady and the
1: Buccaneers at the White House today. Some interesting sound clips. We'll have those at 315. We carry it till 5 o'clock. NBA Finals, game number six. Suns trying to stave off elimination against... The Bucks. Believe it or not, Brady actually hadn't been to the White House with all these championships since 2005. Hmm. Boycotts? I have no idea. <laughs> no. I mean, he came no up with so. weird reasons over the years. and Right. You know, one of them he said he was, like, with his family, and then they found him working out <laughs> around the Patriots. So Who knows? He has his reasons. He has his reasons why he went today, which is actually something to get into, because I've seen uh, people say that this was the worst day ever for the former president, DJT. And then others are like, wow, he really mocked hard on Biden. So we'll get to that. In about 15 minutes. So, we told you at the beginning of the show, uh, yes, vote by the Oakland City Council, but they didn't, they voted on their own term sheet, not the A's term sheet. So, Dave Cavill, the president of the A's, is like, what's going on here? They didn't really vote on what we wanted. And now we've got this massive gap on the whole infrastructure discussion. And then there was the weird vibe where the Oakland City Council's like taking shots at Vegas. One guy, uh, local councilman, uh, Noel Gallo uh, was mocking on Vegas saying, hey, you know, you're looking for a waterfront park here. You know, in Vegas, there's no waterfront. Okay. <laughs> like, And I got to tell you, it's, it's public servants like that. And again, we're, all we're getting is a quick clip. Sure. But it's public servants like that. You're like, what are you doing? Are you actually doing what's best for, and maybe he is doing what's best for Oakland and its residents, but like the jokes the nonsense, setting up some adversarial deal. Are you just
2: trying to score points for future elections? Like what's going on here? It's a weird, I mean, it's a weird comment. Like you said, I don't know the, the rest of what he said or in what context it was or anything like that. Like, but to them, I'm sure, you know, there is part of it that says, Hey, to the citizens of, of Oakland that I represent again, he's not, he's not representing us. He's not, he doesn't care about our interests and he shouldn't. He's a representative for the people of Oakland. And to him, I'm sure he's looking around at the people. And a lot of people probably feel the same way. Like, hey, Las Vegas just keeps coming in and stealing our teams, paying all this money to, to pry them away. It's happened one time. Well, it's happening with Oakland in their mind. It's two times now. I guess. Two thirds of their teams have been stolen. 67% of their teams have been stolen by Las Vegas in their mind.
1: Another councilman, Lauren Taylor, said, I do take offense to how the A's have behaved. The taunts, the tweets from Vegas. Now, is that directed at us or is it directed at At Cavill and the A's and the fact that Cavill says he didn't know what he was doing uh, when he was at a VGK game and sent out a video of how raucous it was? I think it was a playoff game. So that was a taunt and a tweet. So now this this
2: councilman's mad about that. Yeah, as they probably should be. Again, this is like they were in negotiations and – Las Vegas like we keep saying like oh we're not going to be you know we're not going to be like held up for this you know as a as a prop in this whole thing but we have been and again we did it without even really playing a part of it like most of our officials really didn't participate when the ace came like yeah, hey, go look at what you want to do right like w- do do whatever you want to do it's not been very public and it, yeah. and you know the the raiders
1: thing was completely different it was done yeah it was done yeah. that the, the road had ended and it was time to go somewhere else. And I mean they'd already made a decision to leave because they were they were not they I think they believed they were ninety nine percent bound for LA and then the league pulled a freaking fast one on Mark Davis sure. and favored Stan Cronkey and screwed over Mark Davis.
2: And and then And
1: case, for some reason rewarded the Spanos family right. with LA. Well they didn't really reward them, made them second class citizens. They rewarded them because their the value of the franchise has gone up at least a billion dollars. Sure. So they made out like bandits, and I think a lot of it was uh, they knew they could do it to Davis. They they're afraid of Stan Kroenke and the legal side of it. And I'm sure Kroenke was like Chargers, who cares? Raiders, oh crap, yeah. they're bigger than us. That's in real LA. competition.
2: Yeah, of course. And, and that's why I'm sure he wanted the the Chargers in there instead of the Raiders. And he got his wish. Uh, but it worked out better for the Raiders anyway because you know, they got to come to Las Vegas and get their franchise like quadrupled. Uh, so yeah, it worked out definitely for the Raiders in that scenario. But in terms of the the Oakland deal, um, it, it the whole thing is bizarre. As you said, they you know they talked and negotiated for a long time. Then both sides came up with their own offer sheets, not a negotiated offer sheet. They both had their own. The city council passed it today, knowing that the A's had zero interest in that offer sheet, that term sheet. It wasn't going to happen. But then they pass it, and Libby Schaaf comes out afterwards, and she puts out a statement just a little bit ago that says, "This is a great step toward keeping Oakland here." And we hope the A's realize how good this term sheet is and decide to sign it. Like, they—they well, they said from the beginning they weren't, so that's foolish and silly. Yeah. Uh, but they are just trying to turn the pressure back on. But it to, is that—it's
1: that disingenuous stuff. Like, wh- what good does
2: that do? Well, it does. How far along are they? They're still—they're still taking little shots at each other. Sure, but there are people out there that are going to say, "Oh, wait a minute, it's passed, so now it's on the A's." Yeah. Which, by the way, kind of is. I mean, like. They can, because they what they're probably going to do is then come to Las Vegas and be like, all right, here's how much Oakland gave us. How much more are you going to give us? Like, no. Grant. No, you it's can all, come build a stadium here if you want to. It's all gross. Like, if you want to come build a stadium here, do it. But you're not getting anything. 364-1100,
1: 364-1100. Time for our Port of Subs giveaway. Caller 11, lunch for two. Couple of Porta subs, all-American combos: turkey, ham, bacon, provolone on a peppercini, pepper pepperjack bread, all grilled to perfection. You get your choice of chips and drinks. Lunch for two. Porta subs. Talk to Ari right now. Call our 11-364-1100.
0: Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans.